0: We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Hello, and welcome to Uncorking a Story. I'm your host, Mike Carlin. And today, I have a story I to share with you that was inspired by a fraternity brother of mine who I recently reconnected with after a long time. The story starts back at the University of Connecticut in the early 1990s. I pledged the Kappa Sigma fraternity back in the spring of 1992. And I want to say that the following fall, though I could be kind of off about the semester, but I think it was, you know, the fall of 93, we welcomed in a guy named Kevin Savage to that semester's pledge class. And upon his initiation, Kevin, you know, quickly earned the nickname Strictly Business (laughs) And if my memory is accurate, which it, it's pretty good, he always wore a suit to our chapter meetings. And due to his, you know, very professional manner and his being a business major, he wound up becoming the chair of our finance department, uh, finance department, like we were a company. It was, it was a committee. He was on our uh, executive committee in charge of finances. And uh, in, in retrospect, um, you know, our finances weren't all that hard to manage because we, we weren't exactly the rich kids on campus by any stretch of the imagination. Anyway, uh, Kevin has always kept things very straight laced and very professional. You know, he really didn't get into all, um, you know, all of the late night, let's say hijinks that uh, some of the rest of us uh, may have gotten into. I remember one night in particular, Kevin came into our fraternity house. Uh, It was quite smoky at the time, quite a smoky smell, uh, skunky smell going on in that house. And he uh, you know, he didn't get angry that often, but he um, you know he kind of lost his mind a little bit on uh, th- those of us who were um, watching let's say uh, a late night program um, <laughs> in a smoky atmosphere. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Anyway, one night we had this pledge event at our house and uh, th- this particular pledge class, um, you know Kevin, of course was a brother by then, uh, wasn't really coming together. They weren't really gelling let's say, as a unit. And that's, that's really what you know. the whole, we call it pledge education, but the whole pledge program really is about taking these strangers and, and bringing them together, having them come together as, as one group, as one team. And because they weren't really doing that, um, we had a, a brother who decided that it would be a good idea to line them all up and impress upon them all the ways in which they were screwing up. And in practical terms, this involves bringing them to the basement of our house, which was uh, called Yellow House, because, um, as you can imagine, it was yellow. Uh, bringing them down to the basement and um, in the dark, we lined them up and uh, they were getting yelled at. OK, I'm not proud of this, by the way. It actually made me very uncomfortable because I hate conflict. Uh, even back then, I-, I would do anything to deflect in these tense situations, and and you know my go-to was always humor. Um, shocking for anybody who knows me, knows me as a as a kind of comedic writer or or stand-up. Um, I'm sure you're shocked about that, right? So anyway, all these all these pledges, uh, these young men are are lined up in the dark, and 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 brothers start ripping into them. They start yelling at them. You know, this is what would be called as perhaps negative reinforcement or or punishment. Uh, if we are thinking about this in behavioral terms. Anyway, uh, the tension was building in that basement. I knew my turn was was coming up. And as a member of the executive committee, I I had to sort of share my thoughts. But here's the thing: Kevin, who wasn't even there that night, has a very distinct voice. And and I've got this knack for doing impressions, right? I can mimic people pretty, pretty well. Um And without even thinking about what I was going to say, when it was my turn, I started laying into these kids, not as me, but as Kevin Savage, which actually helped me overcome this cognitive dissonance that I was feeling in that situation. Now they didn't know that it wasn't him because again, they were kind of all in the dark and I caught all of the brothers who were in the basement (laughs) the time off guard and some of them broke, you know, they started laughing because of all the things I was saying were things that, you know, Kevin Savage, none of these things would ever come out of his mouth. And I won't repeat them here because, you know, this is meant to be a family show. Um, anyway, I thought that was kind of a funny little Kevin Savage story and and I'm talking about it because, you know, when Kevin and I reconnected last week you know, it was because he needed some advice on uh, blogging platforms. And um, I was happy to share my advice with him. And yesterday, he actually sent me his first post that he, that he put put up publicly uh, on that platform. And it, it actually really made my heart melt. Um, so a little bit of a backstory here. Kevin, um, Kevin and his wife take in foster children. And his first post that he shared yesterday that I read was entitled, Her Skin is Darker Than Mine. And it was a reflection on how his foster daughter, who has now been kind of re- reunified with her family of origin, really touched the lives of, of both Kevin and his wife. And, and I really do encourage you to read it. There'll be a link to it in the write-up for this episode. But if you if you go to sav.strong.blogspot.com, that's strong. Uh, I'm sorry, sav-strong.blogspot.com, you can read it there. And it got me to thinking, you know, about about male stereotypes because Kevin, um, you know, Kevin really opened up in this and, you know, I'm, I'm a very hands-on dad. I always have been, but in pop culture, and especially the, the pop culture I grew up with men were, you know, shown to be out of touch with their emotions or, or maybe they're, you know, the bumbling father on, on the sitcom, or maybe they were always kind of working hard at, at, you know, getting out of doing hard work or spending time with the kids and family now think about it. How many times did Deborah call Raymond an idiot on Everybody Loves Raymond? Idiot. Oh, <laughs> no, idiot! Such an idiot. <laughs> idiot. Look, I'm I'm not whining about how men have been portrayed on TV throughout the years, but I do believe. That there are more guys out there like Kevin than there are the Ray Barones, the Sam Malones, or the Joey Fatones. I mean, Joey Fatone wasn't even on a sitcom to my my knowledge. But you know what? The alliteration worked. Um, Now, recently, I did speak with a few regular guys about life during the pandemic. And uh, Ahmad is the first voice you're going to hear in this clip. He works in IT for a company in Chicago. Uh, His observations will be followed by that of Darnell's or those of Darnell's who works in athletics for a big division one collegiate track team out in Arizona. And lastly, you're going to hear from Bill who's adjusting to working from life at home. And they've all found, you know, similar silver linings during the pandemic. Have a listen. A lot of, I guess, spend a lot more time with my family. My wife spends, my wife is home more often because she had to travel a lot more for work. Now she's at home more often I get to spend more time with her. Um, But it's more about this self-motivation of regardless of how, what happens with the pandemic, you know, over the next couple months, you know, year, whatever, you know, it's up to me as an individual to... Find the good out of it, you know. Um, I would say one good that's come out of it is building a rel- better, stronger relationship with my wife, um, because we both work long hours and we really don't get much time to spend to with one another outside of the weekends. Now we spend more, way more time than you know we ever have. So I think it's it's trying to take advantage of the positives within this larger negative. I get to see. I, I'm I'm seeing them more now than ever, uh, in my life. And so that's, uh, has opened my eyes and, and, and it's, it, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing uh, that is probably the best thing that has come from, from COVID for me is I've got to see my family, um, more, more now than ever. So, you know, I hear, I hear people joke, um, you know, joking all the time, that they're getting sick of the people around them and yes of course look it, it it does get too close for comfort at times you know living at home with all these people and not going out as much as we used to and we we have triplets at home they they just started college this year and my wife and I had visions of of being empty nesters and and kind of reconnecting without you know the constraints of of having these kids at home and and you know what you could read between the lines on that one and it didn't work out that way now I suppose you could argue that you know having kids at home shouldn't you know, be a reason to put your intimacy on the back burner. And that's absolutely true. You're not going to get an argument from me there. But then again, you know, having three 18-year-olds screaming about where the controller to the fire stick is, you know, can be a mood killer. You know, I'm, I'm j- just saying. Anyway, the point is, we can choose to look at, you know, their being home as a curse, or we could choose to look at it as being an unexpected gift. And, and that choice will dictate our attitudes and our behavior. You know, there's There's no doubt about that. The other day, I was actually looking through some old pictures of, of our kids when they were like three or four, and I found myself missing them, you know, missing them at that age. You know, my, my, little, my little babies, my little guys. You know, I know it's very cliche to say it, but but really for all you kind of parents out there who still have little ones at home, you know, they do grow up too fast. You know, one day they're asking you to buy them some tchotchke at a St. Patrick's Day parade, and, and you know that this piece of junk toy is just going to break on the, on the walk back to the car. But then, you know, you blink your eyes and you wake up one day and and you've got tuition and room and board bills totaling, you know, tens of thousands of dollars for one semester. So, you know, thinking about it that way, you know, I'll take that little broken tchotchke any day of the week. You know, I've I've also, you know, been fortunate enough to to work from home for years. um, But but I also, you know, used to get to spend a lot of time on the road and I do kind of miss that adventure of sorts, you know, that, that sort of adventure of going to different cities, meeting people in person, having those little adventures. And I think, you know, there were, there were times I actually felt guilty about it, you know, one, one year, and I was working for uh, Unilever at the time. I was invited to a sales meeting out in San Diego. Uh, yeah, I live in Connecticut. Uh, so, you know, I get to fly all the way across the country to some beautiful weather, um, and in and, and one in and one day, we had the afternoon free. So this guy, uh, Mike Dashnall, a great guy, um, thought it would be a good idea for the two of us to take in an afternoon Padres game. So we bought some tickets on the street. We took in a few innings. And, and now, you know, we're, we're sitting in the Southern California sun. It was beating down on us. When I came back to Connecticut, this was like a two day trip. Um, a couple days later, I, I had a sunburn and my wife was like, I thought you were going for business meetings. What's up with the sunburn? And I told her, I said, you know what? I, I got it while I was running and I'm a big runner. Um, not uncommon for me to run when I'm on a business trip. Uh, so, so that I thought was the end of that. but But then she did my laundry and she found the ticket stub. And yeah, I did lie to her because I did feel bad about having this little adventure while she was at home with the kids. And this is something that now we kind of laugh about it to this day. But, but the point, the reason why I'm sharing the story is that I do, you know, miss those little adventures. I do miss the thrill of travel. Um, But I also am choosing to look at the gift I have in return for, for not being able to do those things. And that gift is, is having more time at home with the family. So I'm, I'm going to attempt to bring this all full circle. Um, you know, this reflection was inspired by a beautifully written blog post that my friend Kevin Savage wrote about one of the children that he and his wife felt blessed to foster. And then I thought of the three guys I met last week who shared how blessed they feel to be able to spend more time with their families and reflected on how fortunate, you know, we all are to have this time with our families. And the thing is, this may not have happened. You I may not have been inspired to put this together if I hadn't connected with an old friend last week. So thinking about that, I've got three challenges for you this week. And the first is to reach out to an old friend and reconnect. You know, actually, it's something that I've been trying to do regularly since this pandemic began. You know, it, that's catching up with with people. And, and don't just rely on social media to keep your relationships alive. You know, I know it's tempting to do that. It's easy. And it's actually a great place to start conversations, but really honestly, nothing beats a live chat. So try and do this, you know, at least once per week. Now, the second challenge I have for you is, you know, is, is the following. So Kevin and I reconnected because he came to me for advice and he came to me for help. And, I recognize that how hard it is for me to do that. It's very hard for me to go to anybody and ask for help. You know, ask, ask my wife. Um, it, it's been, um, it, it has been an issue for us. Um, and that's something that I'm working on. You know, I, I used to feel that I, I used to have to have the answer for everything and take responsibility for every little thing. Look, I was the guy in the group projects in high school or college who would would do most of the work. Not because the people I was working with um, we're lazy, but because either I didn't trust what their output was going to be, or I figured, hey, you know what? I know what my standards are, and I know I'm going to do it better than anyone else. And that's terrible thinking, because it just you know it leads to you feeling overwhelmed, and it's it's a one way ticket to to being burned out, if that makes any sense. Um, but what I'm recognizing is that it does take some humility. To ask other people for help, and if you're like me and you feel like you have to be Superman, you know, do me a favor and take off the cape and ask other people for help when you need it. All right. So the third and final challenge I have uh, is to remember that every day we have a choice to make, and you know that choice will will decide what kind of day it's going to be. You know we can choose to focus on the challenges or the negatives to any situation. Or we can choose to focus on the opportunities or positives that that situation provides. And I would just urge you to make the right choice. Um, Focus on the positive. Focus on the opportunity. Don't dwell on the negative too much because it's going to impact you and it's going to impact everybody around you. So thank you uh, for listening to another episode of uncorking a story in this new format, as always, uh, because this is a little bit of a format shift, your feedback is welcome. So please, you know, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You can search at uncorking a story uh, on all three of those platforms and and you can find me, or of course you can shoot an email to michael.carlin at uncorkingastory.com. And lastly, all know that it's the holiday season and it's my duty as an author to remind you that books make great gifts. So visit uncorkingastory.com to learn more about where you can purchase some of mine. Thanks for listening.